Today, Rinpoche continued his discussion on training the mind in the stage of the path for beings of great capacity. He showed how compassion is important in the beginning, middle, and end, and how Jayan Sheba separates the first category into four categories, the second category of its importance in the middle into five, and the third category of compassion's importance in the end into two. Enjoy. Okay, so once again, we're looking at Lama Tsongkhapa's uh, great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment. And specifically the section, um, if we're looking at it from the perspective of the outline, called Training the, stage, uh, Training the Mind in the Stage of the Path for Beings of Great Capacity. Uh, so when we look at uh, that particular outline and we follow it through a, a, a small amount, uh, we'll find that there are two major headings. The first major heading is the training based on the seven cause and effect personal instruction in the lineage descended from the great elder or Lord Atisha, and then the training based on the teachings of the conqueror's child Shanti Deva. Um, so that's where we're going to begin. It's on page 27 in the English, or 28 is where it actually really begins. Um, uh, so. Uh, when we, after we look at the, those two categories, the um, training uh, of the seven-point cause and effect passed down by Lord Atisha and the uh, equalizing and exchanging self with others that's passed down uh, from Lord Shanti Deva, then we get into a, a greater detail about each of those major headings. So the first major heading, uh, the seven-point cause and effect instruction passed down uh, from Lord Atisha, uh, uh, it says um, there are uh, two categories, uh, develop, developing certainty about the order of the stages and then the gradual training. And then the first category, developing certainty about the order of the stages, there's two categories. First, showing that the root of the Mahayana path is compassion. And second, how the six other personal instructions are either causes or effects of compassion. Uh, so this is where we'll begin today. Um, so all that information again is on page twenty-eight. 
So this next part is extremely important. Uh, we have a synopsis of what the seven-point cause and effect actually is and, and how it works with each other. Um, so we find right at the beginning of page 28, the training based on the seven uh, cause and effect personal instruction and the lineage descended from the great elder. Uh, so when we look at this uh, section, we'll find two categories. First category is the uh, seven-point cause and effect personal instruction passed down from Lord Atisha. And then the second category is the equalizing and exchanging self with others practice passed down from Shanti Deva. So here we're explaining the seven-point cause and effect uh, personal instruction passed down uh, from Lord Atisha. Um, so it reads, the seven causes and effects are uh, so we find that these are all uh, causes and they're all effects. Um, so it says, the spirit of enlightenment from which Buddhahood arises, this arises from... Okay, so here this uh, is speaking of bodhicitta, or the mind that aspires in, uh, to enlightenment. Uh, so it says that uh, is what Buddhahood arises from. So Buddhahood arises from the spirit of enlightenment, and this spirit arises from... So here it's going to show how each of these is caused by one another. So the spirit of enlightenment is caused by the wholehearted resolve. So the wholehearted resolve are translated as the extraordinary attitude. Uh, so then this wholehearted resolve arises from great compassion. Uh, so uh, Rinpoche kept reading it forward as well. So when we look at the seven-point cause and effect, recognizing all sentient beings are our mothers, 
remembering their kindness, wishing to repay their kindness, love through the force of attraction, then great compassion. So great compassion uh, um, uh, produces the extraordinary attitude. So then, what does great compassion arise from? Great compassion arises from love. Uh, also, it's literally love through the force of attraction. So we have recognizing all sentient beings are our mothers, remembering their kindness, wishing to repay their kindness, then love through the force of attraction. Um, so what does love through the force of attraction arise from? That arises from the wish to repay your mother's kindness. The wish to repay their kindness arises from remembering their kindness. And the, re the recollection of their kindness arises from recognizing all beings as your mothers. And uh, this is the really most important part, is to first recognize that all sentient beings, everyone is <coughs> your mother, in order for the rest of these to really um, uh, arise, First, we must have this certainty about this fact that all sentient beings are our mothers. It says the training based on the seven cause and effect personal instruction has two, excuse me, has two sections. Uh, so uh, this is an extremely important synopsis, uh, Rinpoche said, and uh, just wanted to stress uh, the importance of this small section. <laughs> The ね、ジュタンレブンジュツ。レッサ。タニジテバチンベラジツワチ。ヒンジテバチンベラジツワチ。マシジンジンジンジョ。ヨンケシャンバ。ジェテ。ヒンジェキジュジェ。アネ、
Uh, so 
showing the root of the Mahayana path is compassion. Uh, so great compassion is the root of the great vehicle. And where do we find this um, uh, also stated? We find it in the um, uh, Mahayana Sutra Alamkara, um, Lord Matraeya's uh, ornament to the Mahayana Sutras, uh, where it say, states that its root is great compassion. Uh, and here, its is referring to Mahayana, or the great vehicle. And then we also um, find um, in Kamala Shila's um, uh, uh, middle stages of meditation, uh, where he, he states that the exalted state of Buddhahood uh, is caused by um, bodhicitta and the method of the Prajnaparamita. Um, uh, so uh, we find also Kamala Shili uh, citing uh, the uh, ポーンスでゴーレンパパロンヤンジュスルナゴーレンパパルトンドワトヤンジュスルナヤンジュスルナゴーレンパパルトンドワトヤンジュスルナゴーレンパパルトンドワトヤンジュスルナゴーレンパ
Tomamebayinza,ragamashe um, so how do we understand this? First we look at our own uh, rebirths and we begin to analyze our birth uh, and we begin to come to the conclusion that we ourselves have beginningless rebirth. And then we look at all sentient beings and recognize that they also have beginningless rebirth. So like ourselves and uh, in, in our continuum, uh, uh, like ourselves, having this continuum which has beginningless rebirths, all sentient beings also possess, uh, um, are, this are this continuum of beginningless uh, rebirths. And in these beginningless rebirths, uh, these sentient beings have been our mothers. So we can, once we logically conclude that we have beginningless lives, all sentient beings have beginningless lives, in those lives uh, they have in, at some point in time uh, in those beginningless lives been our mother. Uh, it is the same continuum of birth uh, is in terms of uh, our continuum. Uh, so once we conclude that this same continuum um, has had uh, in these beginningless births all sentient beings as uh, his or her uh, mother uh, at some point in her time, we can conclude that all sentient beings are our mothers because we're currently this same continuum. Uh, so uh, because they previously were in this same continuum, we can assert that they are our mothers. Uh, so this is how we conclude through logical analysis that all sentient beings are our mothers. We recognize our beginningless rebirth, other sentient beings' beginningless rebirth, and then recognizing that at some point in time these sentient beings have been our mothers. We have this same continuum that we did at that time when they were our mothers. Therefore, they are our mothers. So this is the way that we conclude it. Deekson. Tarangi on um, so, once we establish that we have had beginningless rebirths, then we can easily establish that all sentient beings, likewise, have had beginningless uh, rebirths. Uh, so, how do we then first establish that we ourselves have had beginningless rebirths? 
And Dharmakirti's Pramanavartika Karika, uh, the commentary on the Compendium of Valid Cognition, uh, states, uh, uh, gives a very uh, good um, logical reason for this. Uh, he shows the signs that prove uh, this beginningless rebirth. So he states that the breath, the um, sense powers, and the consciousness uh, come from uh, like substances, not from that which is of a dissimilar class. Um, so here, the meaning of this is uh, that where does the breathing in and out come from? The breathing in and out comes from a previous bre breathing in and out which comes from a previous breathing in and out, which comes from a previous breathing in and out, uh, which comes from a previous lives breathing in and out, uh, and we begin to trace it back and we come out with this beginningless breathing in and out. So once we posit this beginningless breathing in and out, this serves as a sign to prove beginningless rebirth. And then we look at the sense powers themselves. Where did the current uh, sense powers come from? They came from a previous moment's sense powers, which come from previous sense powers, which come from previous sense powers, previous live sense powers. And once we establish these uh, beginningless sense powers, then we can establish beginningless lives. We have now another sign for the establishment of beginningless lives. And then we use consciousness in the same way. Where does this moment's consciousness come from? A previous moment's consciousness, which comes from a previous, which comes from a previous life's consciousness. And by doing this now, we've established another sign to prove beginningless rebirth. Um, so this is how we establish our own beginningless rebirth that we then apply to that same logical analysis to all sentient beings to establish their beginningless rebirth as well. Um, so this is how uh, uh, we do so and how we use Dharmakirti's um, commentary on the Compendium of Valid Cognition uh, to aid in this uh, so that the breath, uh, um, the the breath, the consciousness, and the sense powers come from like causes, uh, not from that which is a dissimilar class. Uh, uh, therefore, we can posit beginningless rebirth. So, dig some rinpoche. Tapo nanga so mego tree ne shantan dido mego tree the di tamam mego tree lungore di tamam mego tree the toman dene dene shumbar dene toman yomar saiz maluchi. Rabu maluchi baruta. <laughs> it's very similar to looking at a mango tree. What does the mango tree come from? It comes from a previous mango tree that comes from a previous mango tree. We can't find a beginning which is of a dissimilar class. We can't find uh, um, that which is not the causes of mango tree which has produced mango tree. So therefore, uh, we, we can't find the beginning of a mango tree either. <laughs> So then um, uh, other thoughts may arise uh, in terms of consciousness and well maybe our consciousness just arose from our parents somehow that our parents consciousness uh, helped to um, cause our consciousness. We have a doubt that can arise. Pami Sheba to what the Pugu Sheba the Regu Maris, Jusen Karasana, Pamasakala in a Pugu Sagala in Chabam was. 
Pami Sheba de and the Bugu Sheba de Yobayena and the Pama Keba Yena, Bugu Keba Town, Pama Makeba Yena, Bugu Makeba Chan, what things was what the Pami Sheba de Bugu Sheba de Gomaris. So if we state that the uh, child's consciousness is from the parent's consciousness, then the child uh, would have to have the same aptitude as the parents. So if the uh, parent is a scholar, then the child would be a scholar. If the parent was not a scholar, then the child could not be a scholar. Uh, so uh, we find that it has to be from something other than the parent's consciousness uh, because it's not the same. It doesn't have the same knowing uh, or aptitude. Um, so uh, here, this is how we disprove that the, it's the parent's consciousness that causes it uh, because the aptitude is different. But this is a view, uh, this beginningless rebirth is a view that we as Buddhists hold. Uh, the Christian tradition, uh, the Hindu tradition, the Muslim tradition, the Jewish tradition, we have a different view. We have this idea of a creator God um, making um, all of these things. So it's different than this idea that we have of a beginningless rebirth. Um, but what would be interesting would be if we could go to scientists, the scientific community, and ask this question, that uh, where are we from? Um, so when we, uh, I just want to make sure I'm translating it clearly. So when we ask the scientific community these questions, and we use examples like the mango tree. Um, the mango tree came from a previous mango tree, which came from a previous mango tree. We can't state that there was an arisal of a mango tree without a mango seed, without the seed for a mango tree to arise. Um, so that's why we posit this beginningless arisal, um, because we um, can't, even if we ask the scientists, um, where, um, is, is there some unconcordant cause somewhere? Um, it, we've, we, it, it can't logically be. It has to be in concordance. So um, uh, it would be interesting to ask scientists this question um, and use this example of the mango tree coming from a previous mango tree and, and not being able to find a beginning to mango tree uh, because of this. So then this allows us to think about a beginningless rebirth. 
So is there an end? So if we're asked this question, well, is there an end or not? So we can say that there is an end to cyclic existence, to cyclical rebirth, um, because a foe destroyer has ended cyclic existence. Uh, so we can say there is no beginning to cyclic existence, but there is an end to it, because we can say that a foe destroyer has ended uh, cyclic existence. So the root of cyclic existence is grasping at true establishment. So, the foe destroyer is able to abandon cyclic existence because the root of cyclic existence is the grasping at true establishment. Um, so, the understanding that things are not truly established is what it harms this mistaken view that grasps at things as being truly established. Grasping at things as being truly established causes the afflictions and that which cause the action uh, which then cause cyclic existence. If we get rid of the grasping at true establishment, we cut the root of the afflictions and the karma and therefore can abandon cyclic existence uh, in this way by harming what causes it. And the grasping at true establishment is only harmed by the non-mistaken view that understands that things are not truly established. Um, so this is how we can logically posit that there is an end, a possible end to cyclic existence because that which causes it is not stable. It's a mistaken view. So, uh, if we're able to um, look, uh, look at this seven-point cause and effect in, in terms of the numbers, the first one is recognizing sentient beings are our mothers. The second is remembering their kindness. The third is uh, wishing to repay their kindness. The fourth is love through the force of attraction. The fifth is uh, uh, great compassion. The sixth is the extraordinary attitude. The seventh is bodhicitta or the spirit of awakening. If we can know these numbers and then we can think about them and this is of great benefit. We can think about each of them. So that was the seven-point cause and effect which was passed down from Lord Atisha. Uh, and then the second um, instruction, which is the equalizing and exchanging self with others instruction passed down by Master Shanti Deva, is an instruction that allows us to recognize 
the downfalls of a self-cherishing attitude and recognize the excellent qualities of an attitude which cherishes others. Uh, so this is the um, uh, purpose of um, the equalizing and exchanging self with others practice. What did Dakarasa? Dada gente de Antomini de Betuguns, so we find in um, Shantideva's Bodhichara Avatara uh, a quote that says, first we um, familiarize ourselves with self and others. Um, so uh, um, this self and other familiarization. Uh, so this is uh, um, where we find it, uh, the, ex the uh, presentation of it in Shanti Deva's Bodhichara Avatara, Digson. Oh, yeah, that's the name I saw. Tan Hindi Chamber, Tiba Chamber Lange, so I eat the Tiba Chamber Lange, Tota Basun to Kichawa in Beezer, Tota Basun to Kichawa, Tatuma Kichawa, Pato Kichawa, Tama Kichawa, Sundu Guru at the Marbe, Tatu at the Tombo, and then Toma Kichawa at the Pichi in my Uje, Toma Kichawa at the so then when we go back to the great treatise we find showing that the root of the Mahayana path is compassion the root of the Mahayana path, uh, showing that the root of the Mahayana path is compassion has three parts. First, the importance of compassion in the beginning. Second, the importance of compassion in the middle. And then third, uh, importance of compassion uh, in the end. Um, so we begin with uh, the importance of compassion uh, in the beginning. Um, and Jayan Sheva states that uh, that section has four uh, different different points that uh, uh, Lama Tsongkhapa is making. So he divides it into four categories. Dig Song Rinpoche. Jayan Shebo was an um, incredible uh, scholar. But just as a translator's note, Jayan Sheba um, is one of the people uh, there's a commentary called The Four Interwoven Commentaries, and it's a text which is a commentary on Lama Tsongkhapa's great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment, and this text is written by four different authors, uh, and there are little uh, symbols at the top of the line so that you know which author is commenting on it, and Jayan Sheba is one of the authors, one of the commentators, and one of the uh, and, uh, considered an amazing scholar. Tan 
So we first, uh, we have the importance of compassion in the beginning. Once your mind is moved by great compassion, you will definitely make the commitment to free all living beings from cyclic existence. If your compassion is weak, you will not. Therefore, compassion is important in the beginning because feeling responsible to free all beings requires great compassion and because if you do not take on this responsibility, you are not ranked as a Mahayana practitioner. Um, so, uh, if, once you have this great compassion, it, you have, uh, you're forced into this idea that wishes to free all sentient beings from cyclic existence. So, the great compassion causes one to uh, want to do this. Um, so that's what's meant by that. So it says, if you, your compassion's weak, you won't have the desire to free sentient beings from cyclic existence. It requires compassion. Uh, so it requires that strong compassion in order for its arisal. It says, therefore, it's important in the beginning because feeling responsible to free all beings requires great compassion. And because if you do not take on this, you are not ranked as a Mahayana practitioner. So you're not a Mahayanist if you don't have this compassion. Uh, so it's important in the beginning um, because it's what causes you to want to free all sentient beings, which is the point of a Mahayana practitioner. Digsung Rinpoche. That's number one. Tomba 
मेघ so then uh, number two um, follows this. And also, just I, I found that it's ex- what I just translated as, but I, that quote from Shanti Deva's text I've been looking for forever, it's here. First of all, I should make an effort to meditate upon the equality between self and others. So it's what I just translated pretty much, but just found it in here finally to verify it. Um, a lot of times the Indian texts are r- not written in a way that is so easy to just bring it into English. Um, they're m- much harder at times. Uh, so, uh, in this vein, so this will be number two in Jayan Sheba's outline. In this vein, the teachings of uh, Aksaya Mati Sutra. Furthermore, Venerable Shariputra, the great compassion of the Bodhisattva is inexhaustible. Why? Because it is the prerequisite. Venerable Shariputra, Putra, just as the movement of the breath is a prerequisite for the life force of a human being, the great compassion of the bodhisattvas is the prerequisite for correctly reaching the Mahayana. So here the comparison is made to uh, as a, uh, when we have um, inception and then uh, in the, the womb a, a child um, grows uh, and then in order for it to be born and be alive and have a life, it's necessary for it to breathe. So first, this breathing is necessary uh, in order for the human being to be produced. Likewise, great compassion is just as necessary uh, in, in order to produce the Mahayana as breathing is in order for a human being to uh, be. Uh, so uh, compassion is uh, um, to, the bodhis- to the bodhisattva or to the Mahayana or, which is so, to, so compassion is to the Mahayana what breathing is to the um, um, life. Diksum. Rimache, the Chikshina. Okay, so we'll take that. Sumba. That's too much. I'm going to go to the temple. 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 I'm Gangorule 
Sijanosuate uh, so number three, we find uh, from, so let me back up a little bit, sorry. So the importance of compassion in the beginning has four categories, according to Jayan Sheba. Um, so we've gone through the first and the second category. So now we're at category number three. It says, uh, and it's from a quote from a sutra called the foremost of Gaya. Gaya is referring to Bodhagaya. And that's the traditional place that's recognized of uh, where the Buddha achieved enlightenment um, under the Bodhi tree. Uh, so, uh, Manjushri, what is it that motivates the Bodhisattva deeds? What is its object? Manjushri said, Deva Putra, great compassion motivates the Bodhisattva deeds. Its object is living beings. So, the object of observation of great compassion is all sentient beings. Um, so, uh, this is what great compassion is aimed at. Decent. Anne is as follows. Thus, compassion is the basis of engaging in the deeds because when you see that you will not live up to your commitment without training in the two vast collections, you set about the difficult work of amassing these vast collections. Um, so, in order to become a Buddha, it's necessary to gather the collection of exalted wisdom and the collection of merit. Um, so you have to gather both of these. So this is what the amassing the two collections is referring to. Um, and compassion uh, w will kind of drive you or um, 
influence you to set out to do the difficult work that's necessary to gather those two collections of exalted wisdom and merit. So those uh, are the four categories of the Jayan Sheva presents in, under the major heading, the importance of compassion in the beginning. The next category is the importance of compassion in the middle. And Jayan Sheva states that there are five categories under this, uh, in this section. So now there are five categories uh, under the major heading, the importance of compassion in the middle. Uh, so this is the first category. You may develop the spirit of enlightenment at one time and then engage in the bodhisattva deeds, but when you see that living beings are innumerable and act improperly, that the training is very difficult and limitless, and that you need an immeasurable length of time, you may lose heart and fall into the Hinayana. Uh, so this is the first category, that once you see um, how difficult this task actually is to free all sentient beings, and once you recognize that that word all refers to countless numbers of these living beings, and then recognize that these living beings aren't all very nice, uh, they, are, uh, they aren't all, uh, they don't act, act properly, they, a lot of them act improperly, then this can cause you um, uh, to fall into the Hinayana, to, to fall from the, the great vehicle to the lesser vehicle if you lose this uh, um, compassion uh, uh, which fuels the spirit of enlightenment. Okay, Dixon Rimbache. 
So number two uh, um, is as follows. Therefore, uh, uh, okay, uh, Kamala Sheila's, um, however, by accustoming the Nipa Rinpoche, Nipa Kanga. However, by accustoming yourself to increasingly greater compassion that is not just a one-time development, you may become less concerned with your own happiness or suffering and not discouraged at providing others' welfare. Therefore, you easily accomplish all the collections. Um, so the collections of exalted wisdom and the collections of merit. Um, you, um, you can easily... Uh, um, gather these uh, if you have this familiarization with uh, compassion um, and, and familiarization meaning over and over again not just a one time uh, this real familiarization with compassion uh, if you have it there uh, then you become less concerned with uh, um, uh, your state of happiness or your state of suffering and more concerned with others um, and then once you reach that place, it's very easy to gather amass those collections. And then Kamala Shila's first stages of meditation states, because bodhisattvas are moved by great compassion, they diligently strive to be very helpful to others without considering themselves. Consequently, they engage in accumulating the two collections, which is very difficult, tiring, and requires a long period of time. Uh, then the Lung Nipa... 
ตาจีกชาวชุสมบัตรตัวเดงเยอมารวตาอันนั้นคือตาจีลเดเดเดงเมดุลเลซอนเดเชซูจูบูตูโกมารวตูมาตูเดอันซามิลเลเซจันซาม
Um, it's for this reason that they make those prayers, in order for their compassion to grow and expand. The same word is used for when a fire uh, erupts. That word is used for what happens to a, a compassion uh, when the bodhisattva is able to experience these sufferings and so forth. The compassion erupts, becomes, becomes greater. The, the same words used, and I don't know how to translate it, but the same word for fire blazes uh, is used when we talk about compassion in this sense. Compassion blazes or arises. Ignites, I don't know. It's all very poetic. <laughs> Um, so then number three, if bodhisattvas engage like this in something that is extremely difficult to do, they will fully and quickly complete the collection. So uh, very short, um, just that one sentence, um, and it's stating that uh, if they do this, which isn't easy to do, uh, making these prayers uh, to give up this life of pleasure, uh, um, then they fully and quickly complete the collection. So even though it's not easy to do, their goals are quickly achieved. Number four uh, is that one should not have any doubt. They will definitely attain the high state of omniscience. So here there is no doubt that this being who is engaging in these ways will achieve omniscience. Digsun. Don't have, there's no doubt. Tetsumepa. <laughs> Oh, I see. The the peik ale. Yeah. Therefore. Um, so, uh, uh, this number five, therefore, the sole root of a Buddha's qualities is compassion. So, this word that's used, uh, they've translated as therefore. Um, if we look at the etymology of the Tibetan word itself, uh, Rinpoche is saying, if we look at that word, um, sometimes it's said to mean um, um, it's a correct sign, a sign is shown. So, it's like a correct sign. Uh, is shown 
the sole root of Buddhist qualities is compassion. So this therefore is, is meaning it's proof. It, it's kind of like uh, this proves that this, I guess that's a better way to translate it. This proves that, this is a proof that. Um, and then Rinpoche said, So sometimes it's translated as a cause. Um, so this word that's there for, sometimes it's translated as uh, the word for a cause, like cause and effect, so cause. Um, so cause, the sole root of Buddhist uh, qualities is compassion. And then sometimes uh, it's translated like um, the correct sign, uh, correct sign. Um, so, or proof. Sometimes dayanda is translated by other translators as proof. Um, so in this case, I think it would be better to use the word proof. So, um, uh, yeah, so in this, so Rimche is saying, when we look at the etymology, whether it's cause or um, correct sign or proof, this particular case, the author is intending to use correct sign or proof as the meaning of this word. So um, this proves the sole root of Buddha's qualities is compassion. Therefore, Dixon. Therefore, therefore, Dayan Sun Sang. He asked me uh, what word did we use in English, and I told him the word that we usually use for therefore, which is uh, in Tibetan, Dayan Sun Sang. So I guess Dayan Sun Sang, and this word in here can mean similar. So we're winning. <laughs> so there are four points that are made about the importance of it in the beginning, and there are five points that are made about the importance of it in the middle. Shit, a mumbo, you know. Actual. Okay, Nipa the Shanchu Jesem Ninji Kagi. Tama Gichiwalamurta Chebala Nijita Shanchu Jisela Dambi Tisheba Dambas Shanchu Sela Dambi Tishanju Sente Dambi T Sada Jinbe Yabinyang Hida Yabinyawuris. Okay, so be careful. So um the importance of compassion at the end, um Jayan Sheba states that there are two categories. Um, so the two categories, first is actual, um, so it's just one word, the actual um, um, compassion at the end. And then um, the second category is, um, so, so, uh, the importance of being careful um, with this great compassion and bodhicitta. Uh, so, 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 so the importance of having care. Um, taking care of this great compassion and bodhicitta. Okay, Dixon. Tatama Kishwala Murta Nile Murta Dune Tadu. 
Okay, so there's seven categories under the category actual. Uma. Jew. Tranka. Nicha gochu goje, the tranka ja, Jew. Chi, ni, sun. Or a tamakish on the other. Tamakish or doing non tamutere. Lesser. Tamakish or ne. Sanji non debo. Nebby say, huh? Timaji showa. Meneba, Nagajesito. Do you turn the bar? Tinji can be tote. Temena, Nutan Jew said, what the doing non tamutere. Sanji, Sanji, no, Sanji, no, Shaja Tubala Sube, Sanji, no, Debenye, Sanji, no, Sanji, Jukumutuba, Tse, Tse, ah, Timen, you two don't rajaji, Shawmaneba, Shital Maneba, Nakajisi, Nakajisi, Sinjin, do you, Tenzeba, Niji, and Vitoris, and Sanji, Sijin Mazajibato, Sijin can do it, and she but what the Niji Jimmy Tour is. Niji Jimmy Tour, the Mabayena, and then you tweet on Rajan and China Grace. The Mena, you tweet on you, she never So the actual number one, uh, based on the power of great compassion, Buddhas, even when they reach their goal, do not abide in peace like Hinayana practitioners, but continue to work for the welfare of beings as long as space remains. Uh, Timet and you, Shoros, Nishambi Tumena, and the Swanji to Nature Rajanaji, Chanagres. 
ตัวนี้ก็เป็นตัวที่ดีที่สุดที่ดีที่สุดที่ดีที่สุดที่ดีที่สุดที่ดีที่สุดที่ดีที่สุดที่ดีที่สุดที่ดีที่สุดที่
uh, the first part of this long of this quote. So since the Bhag- uh, Kamala Shila's second stage of meditation says, since the Bhagavan Buddhas are imbued with great compassion, they remain until the end of the realm in which beings dwell, even though they have attained the complete perfection of their own aims. So even the Buddha, even though the Buddha has perfected his or her own aims, uh, he or she still um, uh, work work for others. So it says, since the Bhagavan Buddhas are imbued with great compassion, they remain until the end of the realm in which beings dwell. Uh, so even though they aren't stuck there by their karma, uh, they stay in order to help others because they have compassion. Diksam, that's two. Number three is the next part, and also. Uh, <laughs> So, the soul of the cause of the non-abiding nirvana of the Buddhas is great compassion. So, great compassion uh, is what gets rid of uh, this grasping at peace. So, the wisdom realizing emptiness gets rid of the grasping at cyclic existence. But the grasping at peace is not gotten rid of by the wisdom realizing emptiness. It requires uh, the great compassion um, to be gotten rid of. So great compassion forces the Buddha into a non-abiding nirvana. Um, so instead of an abiding, Vermont, abiding nirvana that the Hinayanist is forced into by his or her attachment to peace. Okay, Deekson. So do. ทุมาสะเบนตาสทุมาเกชวาสะเบนตาสเลสะทุมาเกชวาสะเบนตาปาตุเกชวาจุลิตาจุลิเลกดัวทามาเกชวาเดบะมิบะตาระสังเจเจ
It says, the glorious Chandrakirti taught that just as seeds, water, and ripening are important in the beginning, middle, and end of a harvest, similarly, compassion is important in the beginning, middle, and end of a harvest of Buddhahood. His commentary on the middle way states, so uh, Chandrakirti's commentary on the root wisdom text by Nagarjuna states, compassion alone is regarded as the seed of a conqueror's excellent harvest. So here it's like the seed as water for its development. So here it's like the water and the light for its development. And as the maturation in a state of long enjoyment, uh, therefore at the beginning I praise uh, great compassion. So at the end it's important for the ripening, for the maturation. So we see how it's important in the beginning like a seed, important in the middle like light uh, and water uh, for development and important in the end uh, like the ripening of the um, uh, or maturation. Deekson. <laughs> <laughs> So we find the importance of great compassion pointed out and, and um, um, presented right at the beginning of Chandrakirti's text. Um, so we find this right in the expression of worship or the expression of homage section at the beginning of Chandrakirti's entrance to the middle way where he states that compassion alone is regarded as the seed of a conqueror's great excellent harvest as water for its development and as the maturation in a, in a state of long enjoyment. Therefore at the beginning I pay homage to compassion or I praise great compassion. Uh, so here this is again from the beginning of Chandrakirti's text because of the importance of great compassion at all times, the beginning, middle, and end of, of one's journey or one's path. Digson Rinpoche. So uh, maybe we'll end there. Um, this is a lot of information Rinpoche said, and it might become, start to become hard uh, when we have so much information. So let's end there, and uh, we'll do the concluding mandala offering uh, and dedication prayers. And thank you, everybody, for coming. I was saying it's so clear, everything Rimachi has been teaching, and he said it's so beneficial for him. The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Ozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious Guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well. With whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times, 
I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In that pure land surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness. All powerful Avogateshvara, Tenzin Yatso, may you stay until samsara's end. I pray for the long life of the precious Kensar Wanda, upholder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, the spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts with exceptional wisdom and perseverance. Tuji Ramachi Guti Shapi Denrala.